Hello, hello, hello. Welcome again to another Word Wednesday here at Lottie Talks. This is your host, Thomas Belcher. Thank you for being with me today as we look in the Bible and see what God has for us on this beautiful Wednesday. If you have your Bibles with me, turn over to Acts chapter 5. We'll be starting with verse 1. It'll be a little long. We're going to use quite a bit of scripture today, but uh, from what I've heard in different sermons and what I've seen, scripture too much. There's no such thing as too much scripture. So starting with Acts chapter 5, verse 1, But a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost, and to keep back part of the price of the land? Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost, and great fear came on all them that heard these things. And the young men arose, wound him up, and carried him out, and buried him. And it was about the space of three hours after, when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. And Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether ye sold the land for so much? And she said, Yea, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, How is it that ye have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door, and shall carry thee out. Then fell she down straightway at his feet, and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in, and found her dead, and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. Here in this passage of scripture, we are told the story of Ananias and Sapphira. Not much is known about the couple, but... Ananias and Sapphira were members of the early church in Jerusalem under the leadership of Peter. Though they do not get an, an expanded background, we can determine one thing. These people had some money. These were not poor individuals or people just trying to get by. These people had money and they had land. You see, back in this day and age, your wealth was not just determined by how much money you had, but by how much land you had. And this couple here had promised to sell the land and give the money to God. Somewhere along the line, though, they got this idea that maybe they don't have to give all the money. Maybe they can give part of it, part of it, and everything will be okay. After all, it is their land. Shouldn't they get some of the money? Seems pretty logical to me in my uh, carnal mind. Ananias brings a portion of the money to Peter and gets caught. Peter warns him of what he did, and the Holy Ghost takes Ananias' life. Sapphira comes and does the same thing, and once again, the same thing happens. Peter warns her of what she did, tells her about Ananias, and then the Holy Ghost comes and takes her life. It's, a, it's an interesting story, and one that a lot of preachers use to point out that you shouldn't keep your tithe or the money you promised to the Holy Spirit. But I want to point out something here that I want us to see something in the story, something else other than the, the lesson of tithing. You see, Ananias and Sapphira lost their lives because they stole and lied to the Holy Spirit. But I wonder what would have happened had they given it, have it, they given their all to the Holy Spirit, had they given their all to Him. After all, in verse 3, it uses the phrase, keep back part of the land. So all of that money was supposed to go to the church. 
how true that is for many Christians today. We promise ourselves to Christ. We see revival in our lives, and we promise to give God all we have. And when we pu- and when push comes to shove, we back out of it. We only give God a part of what we could give Him. And you, do you know what happens? Our lives get destroyed, just like Ananias and Sapphira. So right now, I just want to ask everyone listening a question. Just like the old hymn says, Is your all on the altar of sacrifice laid? I want to ask you right now, is your all laid? Point number one, look with me in Acts chapter 5, verse 3. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Point number one, don't keep part of your all. A very important lesson that many Christians, we all, all Christians, need to learn, need to understand. Here, Peter scolds Ananias for keeping, for keeping back part of the land. Keeping back part of the land that had been promised to God. They had promised all of that money was going to go to God, that they were going to give it their all. How true that is for us Christians. We promise something to God, something we try and do something for God, thinking that just because we have good intentions or great intentions, God will bless it. And when it comes down to it, we keep back part of ourselves. We keep back part of ourselves from God. We keep... We keep from giving our all to Him. We keep something from God and expect to get away with it. Let me tell you, Christian, don't keep part of your all. Instead, give it your all. I'm convinced that the reason we've not seen revival in this great country of the United States and the reason that this country is on the freight train to the pits of hell is because we have Christians today that think that God, the Bible, and church is only for Sundays and Wednesdays, that they believe it isn't important enough to be given a second thought. Let me tell you something tonight. This world could be turned upside down if we just had a group of Christians that would get serious about the work of God and give all they had, every ounce of energy and strength, whatever God wanted they would give. You want to look at somebody who gave it their all, who uh, who not only said that they would, but actually did it. Let's look in the Bible over to 1 Samuel chapter 1. Let's start with verse 11. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but wilt give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. Hannah here had been begging for a son for years, but God had kept her womb shut. Finally she, she, uh, finally, she tells God that if he grants her a son, then that boy would belong to him, and he could do with him as he pleased. Look with me in 1 Samuel one twenty seven. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there." Hannah had finally been granted the one prayer she'd been praying for for years, the one thing she actually wanted, what her heart yearned for the most. She was finally granted the young Samuel. He was living proof of the mercy and blessing of God, and he meant everything, and he was everything to Hannah. Yet in verse 28, she does what most people, what most Christians don't do. 
when most Christians get to the altar, they're convicted and they say they're going to do something. Hannah does the one thing most Christians don't do in that scenario. She actually does what she said she would. In verse 28, she keeps her promise. She gives God what she promised she she would give him. What a story of sacrifice, of giving everything you've got for God. She gave her son her pride and joy, the blessing of God in her life. And yet we have some Christians today that aren't even willing to give 20 minutes of their time to walk with God every day. We've got Christians today that are so dedicated to sports that they would give all the blood in their body just to go to a championship game, but refuse to give God their Sunday afternoon for a bus route or for visitation, or for another ministry. Folks, it's time that we give our all to God. That whatever we have, we give it to God. It's time that we have some Christians get to the nearest altar. Get in your closet, Christian. Get in the closet at your home. If you're driving right now, keep an eye on the road, or pull over on the side of the road. Promise to God everything that you have. We need Christians that would promise everything that they have and see through on that promise. We have folks in churches today that are more committed and dedicated to their own job than to the one that gives them air to breathe. And you know what? I'm not bashing anybody who is dedicated to their job. My generation, this, uh, this millennial generation, needs that kind of commitment. We need to learn how to be committed to something. But the fact that we have more commitment to our job than we do to the things of God or to church shows that something is lacking. Folks, that's not right. We need, we need to get that right. We need to get that right with God. Folks, we need to give God everything we have. Don't keep anything from Him. Give Him all that you've got. Give Him everything that you've got in your life and ministry. I'm reminded of what John Adams, the second president of the United States, told the men at the Continental Congress concerning independence. Yet the sentiment... And the fire that he spoke with still applies to this lesson today. Before God, I believe the hour has come. My judgment approves this measure, and my whole heart is in it. All that I have, and all that I am, and all that I hope in this life, I am now ready to stake upon it. He was willing to give us all, not just part of it. He wasn't willing to just give part of himself. He was willing to give all of himself, everything that he had for the cause of independence. If a man is willing to give everything that he's had, that he has, his life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for a cause, then should not we do the same thing for the same Jesus Christ who died on the cross of Calvary for our sins and saved us from a devil's hell? Don't keep part of your all. Christian, give your all to Christ. Point number two, look with me in Acts chapter 5, verse 8. And Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether ye sold the land for so much. And she said, Yea, for so much. Number two, don't be the reason others keep their part. I wonder whose idea it was that they should keep the money from the land. Verse 1 makes it sound like it was Ananias, and it probably was. He got it in his head that he could keep part of the money and get away with it. As you see in verse 1, so does Sapphira. Ananias' lack of giving is all. Laying down everything he had for Christ did not just affect him. It affected Sapphira as well. His lack of commitment spread to her as well, and they both paid the price for it with their own lives.
Christian, the decisions that we make do not just affect us. They affect the ones around us. And if we are not careful, us not laying our all for Christ, us not giving everything that we have for the cause of Christ, could cause someone else to do the same thing. We are all role models to somebody. You may not believe it, but you have somebody who looks up to you. Someone who will follow you and do everything that you do. I don't know about you, but that makes me want to take this matter very seriously. You see, when we do something, there is no telling what kind of effect it will have on others. And when we decide to keep part of ourselves back from God, there is no telling who is watching and who will do the same thing. When we make a decision for Christ, people are watching. When we do or don't go soul winning, people are watching. Someone is watching us tonight, and if we aren't careful, we are going to be responsible for them getting out of the will of God and committing sin. You know what, Christian? It's also a two-way street. When we commit ourselves to Christ, when we do what the Bible tells us to do, when we give our all to Him, guess what? Someone is watching. Someone sees our commitment. Someone sees us work for Him. What we do in our lives affects not just ourselves, but those around us, and we can choose how it will affect them. We can do what is right and reap the rewards of us doing right, or we can do what is wrong and reap those same rewards. We get to choose. I've been noticing a trend in churches today where a Christian will refuse to give their all to Christ, to commit to everything they have and everything they are to Christ, and in doing so, they keep some of their all from being laid. But as a result, someone else in the church sees that same person do what they have been doing, and that person begins to think, well, if so-and-so doesn't have to give 100%, then why should I? Then that question begins to spread and spread until finally no one wants to be in the choir, no one wants to run the buses, no one wants to teach Sunday school, all because one Christian refused to lay their all on the altar of sacrifice, refused to be fully committed to the things of God. Christian, don't keep part of your all from being laid, and do not be the, the reason some other Christian keeps their part. A single person has more influence than what you would think, and we can either be the cause of someone else yielding themselves to God or them keeping part of themselves back and getting punished for it. We get to choose. It's a two-way street. Us keeping back part of our all from, Lord, uh, from the Lord, not giving everything we have to Him, not yielding everything we are to Him, could inadvertently bring somebody else down with us. Somebody's watching us. Be careful, Christian. Be careful. Number three, look with me in Acts chapter 5, verse 10. Then fell she down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in and found her dead and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. Number three, don't keep yourself from living. Don't keep yourself from living. Here we see the cost of holding back from God. The cost of not having her all laid on the altar of sacrifice. Ananias and Sapphira thought that they could get away with taking something from God, that they could go back on their promises, keep a little of what they got, and keep on living. Oh, how they were wrong. Instead, they both lost their lives. 
Well, let me tell you, Christian, they didn't just lose their lives when the Holy Spirit killed them. They lost their lives the moment they refused to give God their all. Too many Christians today think that if they give God their all, that the so-called joy and fun they experienced in the world will be over, that their life will be over, and they'll be chained to a church and an old man of a God that sits in a rocking chair and judges the earth. Let me tell you something. Hanging out with the world, not giving your all to God, keeping some of yourself from Him, that's not living. You, you want to truly live, live for Christ. You want to truly live, live for the things of God. If you want to enjoy living and experience something beyond your wildest dream, give your all to God. Quit holding back. Give everything you've got for Him. I'm not saying that God would, would take your life. I've known some Christians that kept their all from God, and yes, God took their lives for it. God could end up destroying your life in different ways. But when we keep our all from God, when we keep our full commitment from God and giving ourselves to Him fully, we risk danger. Our lives will be destroyed somehow. When we hold back from God, when we refuse to give our all to Him or stop giving our all to Christ, that's when we cease to live. That's when life loses its enjoyment. Friend, God doesn't want that. God wants us to enjoy life. Not the shallow foolishness that the world calls enjoyment or the, or living, but the holy, God-honoring, Christ-following, Holy Spirit-filled life that God intended us to have. God wants us to enjoy life. When we keep part of ourselves from God, we cease to live. We keep ourselves from truly living. Folks, let's change that. Let's give our all to God. Let's live a sh Let's stop living a shallow, depressed life in the world keeping part of ourselves from God. Let's give Him our all. Let's truly live. We have some Christians today that come to this uh, to the altar, pray to God, yield their lives to Him in the building, but the minute they leave and go home, they forget about all that they just did and keep themselves from God. Folks, that's not living. Let's enjoy life. Let's give our all to Him. When we say we're going to surrender to His will, then let's do it. When we say we're going to surrender our lives to Him, then let's do it. Let's lay our all on the altar of sacrifice. When D.L. Moody was a young man, a new Christian, he went to a church service one day, and the preacher made the comment, The world has yet to see what God can do through one man completely surrendered to Him. D.L. Moody went on to be one of the greatest preachers of the 19th century, saw thousands saved, wrote thousands of sermons that still see folks saved today. So here I want to give the same challenge. I want to give the same challenge to each and every Christian listening right now. The world has yet to see what God can do through one man, woman, child, teenager, completely surrendered to him. Will one of us be that Christian? Will we stop keeping part of ourselves from God? Will we finally surrender all that we are, all that we have, and start to really live? Folks, that's how revival starts. National revival does not start when a state turns back to God. It doesn't start when a city or church turns back to God. It starts when one Christian, just one, decides to yield all they are, give everything that they could ever hope to be on the altar of sacrifice.
when that one Christian decides to quit keeping part of themselves from God, folks, let's yield ourselves to him. Let's yield ourselves to God. Let's lay our all on the altar of sacrifice. Thank you for joining me today on another Word Wednesday. This is your host, Thomas Belcher. Looking forward to seeing you guys all again this coming Monday, Missions Monday. I pray that God blesses you throughout this day. Thank you for your love and support. Pray that God be with you. You all have a great day, and God bless. Mm-hmm.